Struggling to keep track of your story and world? Archivos is for you! More intuitive than a wiki, more extensible than Scrivener, Archivos builds your story bible into your personal, always-on tactical display. Graphical relationship charting, continuity tools, this thing has it all, with bonus options for fan engagement and real-time collaboration. Archivos. Story world management done right www.archivos.digital. That's www.archivos.digital. Welcome to The Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 960. Today we hear from Nicole, who asks... Do either of you happen to be Hoovians? Yes. 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 I actually wrote a short story in which my love of, especially uh, the reboot of Doctor Who, came into uh, major prominence in Chicken Noodle Gravity, part of the Lombard Alchemist Tales collection and also available on its own, and both the single and the collection are available in audiobook as well as ebook and paperback. Mm-hmm. Except the single isn't available in paperback. Go on. If so, what is your favorite classic Doctor Who and favorite Who reboot Doctor, or top three for each? Classic for me are Sylvester McCoy, Peter Davidson, and Tom Baker. I don't think that Paul McGann got a fair chance. Have you happened to see the last couple of seasons? What direction would you like the show to go? Who would you say were the best producers, writers for Doctor Who? Uh, okay. <laughs> Can I start on this Go one? for it. I've kind of come to the conclusion that I'm mostly a Russell T. Davies fan. Um, I loved his era of Doctor Who with um, with Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant, and I love his writing and his way of looking at people. Um, I would say I have a slight preference for David Tennant over Doc over David over, oh, David. Tenant over Christopher Eccleston as um, New Who Doctors, and um, I think for Classic Who, I liked the second Doctor and the fourth Doctor the best. Mm -hmm. I far and away love Christopher Eccleston's Doctor best. The ninth Doctor is my Doctor. Um... There, I have a deep simpatico with him. It's as if they took all the things that I love about life and put them in one character and put it up there on the screen. Mm. Um, I haven't watched a lot of classic Who. Um, the bits that I've seen, Tom Baker was quite good. Um, who was the the second dude came after William Hartnell? Hartnell was good, but did. Didn't uh, didn't really woo me much. Um, I do not remember. Trout, 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 Troughton. Patrick Troughton. Troughton. Troughton, yeah. He had an intensity about him that I really, really liked. There was a sense that he was dangerous without being emo. Mm -hmm. Which is why I don't like David Tennant too much. 
David Tennant was enjoyable, and a lot of his story arcs were good, and I loved The Parting of the Ways and Bad... Uh, not Bad Wolf, that was Eccleston. I loved The Parting of the Ways. It was one of the best-written episodes of science fiction I've ever seen. And I love Rose and what they did with her. But uh, Tennant... His doctor drove me nuts. It he was basically a sort of hyper emo serial killer, and they, that would make a great band name. <laughs> and he just wasn't. Um, they I didn't like the way they tried to find the balance there. Um, they they would they would jump out and and make it the central thing in the occasional episode. And then the rest of the time it was in the background and played sort of for laughs. And it just, I didn't think the balance, the balance just didn't work for me. Um, I love Stephen Moffat as a writer, especially his earlier work. Mm-hmm. Um, the Moffat era of doctor who has some of my favorite stuff in it. I really liked Matt Smith, really liked Matt Smith. And I especially liked the pawns, mm. Amy and Rory. Absolutely stole my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, when they cast uh, the, the who's his nose um, from Yes Minister, the the guy that followed Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. I was so excited, and I fell out of I fell out of Doctor Who permanently after the second Peter Capaldi episode. I don't actually remember the second Peter Capaldi episode. I, I it was the I, Christmas Carol one. Or no, that was the first one. The second one was Dinosaurs in London. Anyway. Yeah. I was really excited ab- uh, about the Capaldi era because of Capaldi and also because of um Missy's storyline. Mm. But it just got to be too hard to find <laughs> The episodes. Mm. Um, I, I fell out for a different reason. I just didn't. They, I, it didn't feel like there was anything that was going on that had any creative verve to it. Mm. And then when they brought um, when they brought Shibnall in, I just wrote Doctor Who off permanently. Oh I yeah, fucking hate Chris Shibnall. He's such a hack. Um, he ruined Torchwood, and I was not about to sit there and let and watch him ruin Doctor Who as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have actually not seen anything by Shimnall that I liked. I I do not like. I I think he's too dark of a person and too negative mm. to be doing Doctor Who. I think cynical is the vibe I get. S- yes, cynical, not necessarily negative or dark, um, because Davies knew how to do dark. Mm-hmm. And he do, knew how to do dark with a bit of lightness to it, and that was that was always beautiful. The thing I've always gotten from Chibnall's other work, and I've watched quite a lot of his other work, which is why I decided not to watch his Doctor Who, mm-hmm. um, is a sense of contempt for the traditions that he's played in and a disinclination to actually add to them. But instead, um, he just wants to triumphantly... Uh, remake them in his own image and I don't dig that um, I, it's one of the reasons that I just hate the new Star Wars films mm. is that and and much of the stuff that J.J. Abrams has touched because right. Abrams does the same thing um, so 
Yeah, I, there's. I think. Frankly, I I, th- I think Shibnol has a. I get from Shibnol a sense of contempt for the human experience. Oh, uh, you know what? That might be it. And uh, that's why I call him dark. And frustra- yeah, contempt and frustration, because I sense a lot of frustration in his fiction as well with how humans are versus how he thinks they should be. Mm. And frustration at the frustration at where humans get stuck can work and frankly even contempt can work but the marriage of the two of them really turns me off it it makes everything feel like sour grapes so um i was not interested in the shibnal era um it's going to be interesting to see what happens when russell comes back mm-hmm. um and um i'll give it because russell does respect the work of his Mm-hmm. predecessors so you know that he's 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 not he's not going to just uh rewrite over yeah. Shibnall he has to work with yeah, he's with a, that no matter what he th- happens to think of it yeah, he's a builder not a destroyer yeah and so he's going to build on top of what what came before yeah in in terms of literary taste uh, this is a weird point we get into literary ethics and this is an important subject to me that i don't talk about a lot because it's moralizing and i don't approve of moralizing but when it comes to subverting tradition versus working with it versus revising it versus transforming it i tend to think of the cultural enterprise I, I tend to think the cultural enterprise is healthiest and best served. I'm sorry about all the trains in the background. Boy, we're not going to have to listen to that soon either. Um, no. Nope. I tend to I tend to think art is best when the artist is like um, is like the successive um, architects, uh, the successive massive architects that used to work on medieval cathedrals. You can actually tell, looking at them, when you know, what phase of construction was done by a different architect, because they bring something new to that part of the work. Mm-hmm. But someone who works like Shibnall does, or like J.J. Abrams often does, much more often works like an um, irresponsible conqueror who's so there there have been empires in history that invaded took over an area and wiped out the people that were there or destroyed the material culture you know burned down the temples and killed all the priests and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and then put their own religion or their own governing systems in place and then there were other empires that went in and definitely took an area over, put their stamp on it, but they changed as little as possible because they recognized that what was there was there because it worked. And getting away from whether imperialism is an ethical endeavor at all, because that's a hugely fraught question that I can go either way on depending on the day. Mm-hmm. The When it comes to the arts... The former sort of imperialism leads me cold and make leaves me cold and makes me angry. Um, it feels to me like a kind of murder and an unjustifiable one. Mm-hmm. And the latter sort of artistic imperialism feel, feels to me like uh, much more like what you get with uh, generational handoffs. 
where it's a dialogue. It's with a the dialogue. Pa- with That's the past it. instead of a destruction and reconstruction of it. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. So, um, and of course, we're both Hoovians, and I hate time travel, which is hilarious. But the good Doctor Who does time travel in a way that I think works wonderfully well. Oh, and my favorite writer for Doctor Who ever was Douglas Adams. Best yes. writer and showrunner. Yes. Um, he, he did, and what, one or two years during the Tom Baker era and uh, gave us some great serials. And out of two of those serials came one of my favorite books ever, which was Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. And I was going to say the best... Uh, Doctor Who story ever written isn't a Doctor Who story, but is Dirk Gently's holistic time or holistic detective agency. Yep, and it's a marriage of what was it, Shada, and what was the other one, Uh, Uh, City of Death. I think it was Shada and City of Death, and uh, oh, mostly Shada. Yeah, and I should shout out Paul McGann because I love Paul McGann. He he didn't get a fair shot on film or on TV. And the movie that had him in it was kind of goofy as hell. But he was a Especially great... Especially because of the master. What, because of the what, master. What, what the... The snake master. That was just so weird. It was. It was, it, it was like... The master was a gold? Mm-hmm. What? But, uh, and, and, and putting it in, and putting the whole thing in San Francisco and intending to make that the hub for the new series was just Ugh. fucking goofy. Um, but... McGann was delightful, and I think he acquitted himself marvelously in the animated features and the Big Finish productions that he did. Mm, yeah, the Big Finish productions are are marvelous, and I, I I've got to. Eccleston started doing them. I've got to yeah. listen to those. I actually like some of the some of the Big Finish stories a lot better mm-hmm. than this series because you get more adventures with your favorite doctor because mm-hmm. you, you know you can't cover everything he, everything that particular doctor does in the t- time you see him oh I, I also have this special place in my heart for Colin Baker's doctor he's, yeah. he's ridiculous and, and everybody seems to hate him and I don't understand why he's just I I I love his kind of orneriness. You just uh. <laughs> And I I discovered that Colin Baker was Doctor Who because he was also the murder victim in the first Jonathan Creek episode, which I loved Jonathan oh, Creek. Oh good god, I forgot about that. Yeah. If you want a great series with some of the best constructed locked room mysteries I've mm. ever seen, check out Jonathan Creek, the BBC series that ran sporadically from like 1995 up to 2018 or 19 was the last. No, it was 2017 was the last episode. Mm. Really, really good stuff. All right. Well, thank you very much, Nicole, and we'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written by J. Daniel Sawyer and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty McKeon and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2021 J. Daniel Sawyer and the production is copyright 2021 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Notarifitas License and all other rights are reserved to their respective owners.